Alright, we're back. We have a special guest, Kevin. Hey! Introduce yourself. Uh, my name's Kevin. Um, I'm like Christian's cousin, and I like to party. <laughs> and, you know, thank you guys for inviting me here. I'm excited. So, how's everybody's week been? Good. 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 Well, let's get into it then. What are you covering today, Chris? Today we're covering Taxi Driver, man. Taxi, taxi Driver is Scorsese's Taxi Driver. Right. Uh, the genre, I read that it's like a vigilante film. I don't know if I would just classify it as that, because there's so much things going on here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. It was uh, done in 1976, and uh, to give you guys a little bit of context, it's one year post-Vietnam, uh, and we do see this in this film a lot, a lot of references to yeah. that. Oh, this is also a time when uh, anti-urban renewal in New York City was going on. Um, New York was really, really bad. It was in a really, really bad state. And a lot of politicians were ignoring the fact that it was just turning to shit. And I think... They mentioned that in the film, too. I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's like the main setting. And so that is important to uh, mention. I mean, there was like race riots going on. There was gang wars going on. Yeah. Um, you had like nationalist groups, you know, your Black uh, Panthers... All that stuff. Um, also, this is a time when Grindhouse films were really popular. And a lot of Grindhouse theaters, midnight movies, Whee! porn theaters. You see a lot of theaters and, like, showing these films that usually you wouldn't see in, like, mainstream right. um, films. And they're just in the background there, too. So I just think it's really cool. It really has that grimy kind of look that you see in Grindhouse pictures. Yeah. Like, it's one yeah. step away from, like, being a Grindhouse film. It is, it is. It has a... It, I think it has elements of it. It's just the 70s thing. That, it is, yeah, but it's it's uh, a lot more stylistic than Grindhouse films. I, I think, mean, that, I that Scorsese's yeah, touch. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it really is. It's, like, refined. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It's, like, a Grindhouse film made by somebody who can, like, really, really make a film. Yeah. Um, and it was directed by Martin Scorsese, right, obviously, and mm-hmm. written by Paul... Is it Schrader? I think it's Schroeder? Schrader? Something like that? Yeah. Um, They've done few films together i think the the next time they worked on t- they worked together was for raging bull which okay. was like another scorsese classic yeah yeah, yeah for sure um, <laughs> i like how that's a term scorsese that's like an actual term um and the two big stars that i feel are jodie foster and robert de niro obviously yeah. um yeah, 14 year old jodie foster 14 prostitute 14 year old prostitute there's a lot of good actors in this in this film oh there is though there's like that one guy from everybody loves raymond <laughs> yeah he's a wizard oh the yeah. dad yeah 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 and uh i mean albert brooks is in it too it's funny he's a comedian mm-hmm. i think sybil shepherd <laughs> and then harvey could tell you know if spoiler it's like he's the he's the pimp you yeah, know? yeah you don't really yeah. see him it's just funny at the, that scene where he pulls jodie foster out of the taxi you like you mm-hmm. they don't you don't show him yet yeah, yeah for yeah. some reason i like i like that it's interesting uh the budget was 1.3 million which is decent. Um, so I mean, pretty high for the it, 70s. I mean, it was 70s. I that's didn't, what I, I did not know that for the budget. Yeah. That's actually That's why strange. it's refined. I mean, it's like a better production amount, you know? Yeah. Most uh, Grindhouse directors deal dealt with like $300,000 Right, right. So this guy's got a million. So that's pretty, that's good. You have to pay for extras <laughs> either. I heard they just, Scorsese yeah. just, you know, it's kind of in that time in New York, like you could just shoot and people are just like, oh, they're making another movie. Yeah, I saw yeah. an interview with him yeah. saying that there, all those hundreds of people that were that were like, in the city were just people that were busy. Yeah, in New York. yeah, yeah. Like it's the actual city. I think you still probably do that in New York, yeah. New York. I mean, it's his fifth film, so I can see how he got that budget yeah. by yeah. that time. He said, all, he said a lot of things at that. It was like kind of like a running gun where it was like as little equipment as possible to shoot in New York because it was so hard to shoot there because it was so hectic all the time. 
Yeah. Like, the only control times they had was at night. And he said, even then, it was like, you're getting, like, a bunch of calls and a bunch of gunshots. A lot of the films actually takes place at night, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, I was going to say, too, though, that the film doesn't have a lot of special effects, I don't think so. No. Besides, like, the final scene, there really isn't that much. Yeah. So I can see why the budget isn't as high. Um, but in the box office, it made $28.3 million, yeah. So... It well, more than paid for itself. Obviously. Now we know why it's so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so Kevin, can you uh, talk about the plot a little bit, just quick? Oh uh, yeah, you know, it's, everybody's most people have heard of the film and have some sort of idea what it's about. You know, Travis um, having trouble sleeping decides you know he wants to make some money by staying up late, and what better way to do is than be a taxi driver? And you kind of see his point of view through the city. You hear his ideas. Um, about certain things, um, and then he falls in love, or no, he has a crush on what's her name in the Betsy. Film? Betsy, yeah. and things don't go out so well, and then it's just kind of like a downward spiral from there, and he goes on this kind of like a rampage of violence mm-hmm. and kind of just punishing people. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's basically it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it was also set in NY, yeah, NYC, in, right, New York yeah. City, yeah. and it kind of. We see a little bit of glimpse of all the, the main boroughs of New York. You don't really get the the glamour sensation of yeah. the New York, you know. You know, no. you, don't, you you don't. It's I think it's rare that you see a shot of like high buildings. It's all very like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's interesting. True. Yeah, you no, don't no, really. No. I mean, but I feel like this was a time though. Seventies is like mm-hmm. when New York wasn't that glamorous. So no, it wasn't. Like no, yeah, it wasn't. It's it was just grimy. It was grimy. Yeah. That's where hip hop comes from. There you go. <laughs> Scorsese's known for portraying like New York. I mean, he's he, that's where he's from, you know. Yeah. Like if you see like any like Goodfellas, it's kind of like the same way. Port- like New York is portrayed very, very like rough and yeah, rugged. Yeah. Sweet. That's really strange. <laughs> Does that have to do with like that's what it probably has to do with him growing up that way? Right? Yeah, like, I mean, he grew up in that era where New York was like before it was like cleaned up and everything yeah. like that. I actually love that look though. I don't yeah, know, I do just, too. I, every film that has that in, like New York old rugged look yeah. I like it I don't know gives me this like realistic feeling it kind of goes it kind of goes with that those whole like noir themes and like mm-hmm. how, it, how it's seen stuff like that is portrayed yeah and the fog even like the, all the fogginess <laughs> that it has and stuff it's so cool I, yeah. I saw an interview where he was talking about the fog and people were like trying to analyze the fog in the beginning and he's like it's just fog <laughs> I don't know what to tell you I, I've heard <laughs> I heard something that's funny I heard something that it was if you see the the fog comes up and the car kind of goes through the fog yeah. and it's like somebody said it's, that entering, it's, it's, hell, it's right? entering hell. But he was like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. It's just, it's just New York. <laughs> I was like laughing so hard. I just thought the shot looked cool. <laughs> That's literally what he said, basically. But it definitely has that film um, noir aspect to it. I think yeah. a lot of like the stuff. So I'm sure he had some like idea in his mind from those films. Right, yeah. Um, when did you see this, Julian? Have you uh, seen this before? I remember watching it like on HBO. Uh, when I was like in middle school, not really paying attention to what the hell it was. It mm-hmm. just, I just remember, like you had mentioned to me earlier today, where like, that one line, the you look, t- you talking to me? Yeah, like I knew where that. I knew everybody, like yeah, everybody, knows everybody, that. Uh, like parodied that line, like you said. Right. Yeah. And then I heard it there. I was like, oh, this is the film everybody's talking about, but I never really cared, and because I mean, I was, I was a teenager. Right, yeah. And then, um, so this is my second time watching. I've only seen it twice ever. And I, I, it's, it's a way different experience than the first time. Like I obviously now but that you I really paid attention yeah, to it. Now that like I know more about film and I actually want I pursue filmmaking and stuff like that. Like it makes a lot more sense why Scorsese is like as like great as he is and people like 
praise him and stuff for the and way he makes film movies. specifically. Yeah, and then De Niro's performance is amazing. Yeah. I, I, didn't even, I just completely forgot like how yeah. good of an actor he is because now he does all this goofy shit. Yeah, and like I just completely forgot how good of an actor he was. It just it was short, shortly after that film, he he landed the the Godfather too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like like I think within like five years. Yeah. Um, I had also seen it twice, too. I saw it when I was about 16, I think. But I never really, really yeah. got into it as much, just because I didn't really understand understand it it's as kind of, fully and as I like do if, now. As a kid, it's kind of, like, long, and, like, it just... Yeah, because It's honestly, not a fun movie. It's not yeah. a fun movie. It's not a fun yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, yeah. not entertaining. It's There's de- not a lot it's of It's kind of action. depressing, and... Um, yeah. It doesn't look... I mean, it looks nice, because it does look nice, but at the same time, it doesn't look nice. Yeah, yeah it's... It's just... If you really think about it, it's just a lot of dialogue until the very yeah, end. Yeah. Um, but that's why I don't say it's entertaining. But now I find it really entertaining. Oh yeah, it's, it's artistic. It's, yeah, it's genius. I think. But um, it's not a film for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like my sister would, if you know, I showed this movie, she'd yeah. like freak out. Like she's like, "What am I watching?" She doesn't understand. Yeah. That. Like it's not. It's a movie for people who enjoy film and art. Yeah. It really is. It's a maturity, I think, too. Definitely. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, when did you see it? Um, I I I'm pretty sure I seen it in college. Like it was assigned yeah. to us, but I've seen it a few times because, well, it's just I see I see Scorsese films a lot, and I pay attention to camera movement. I pay attention mm-hmm. to dialogue. And she does a lot of this. Movie. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's like he, he it's like he's slowly like starting his craft. You see Scorsese movies, the camera is always moving. It's very rare that the camera is not moving in a Scorsese film. Yeah. Which goes back to like you know his Italian influences that he has, um, but yeah, I, I, I um, I've seen it a few times. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like the older you get, though, you get the more you yeah. enjoy this film, though. Yeah, I definitely have a different perspective on it now. I just don't like. As a kid, it didn't make sense. I just thought it was cool because everybody was dying at the end. That scene is sick. The, like, the whole, uh, he had to change the, the blood. Yeah, I heard yeah. about that too. Uh, yeah, it was too, I, it was too yeah. gory. Yeah. But, but that's another thing is that when I was like looking at practical effects, I stumbled across that before I rewatched this movie. Mm-hmm. And there, I was hearing a lot of things how like the, their blood is like the standard for blood of all movies now. Like from that movie. I already liked them more after they made yeah, them change it. Yeah. yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. Like, he's it's like, oh, it seems... Seems cooler. Yeah. Know. You can see the tone change, too, if you pay attention. From, like, right before he's about to shoot everybody, mm-hmm. the tone changes. It's, like, the color. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. But it just, it looks like it, I mean, oh, I, I know what it. you mean. Yeah, I think I did, I didn't know this. Because that. it's, like, but then also, I wasn't too sure if that's part of, like, the fact, what was Scorsese trying to tell you? Right. You know, like, I don't know. It's kind of, that kind of fucked up. Anyway, let's get into the first, uh, into <laughs> <laughs> the first topic, Chris. Go sure. Um, first topic I want to bring up is the main topic. I mean, this is, like... The bread and butter of the whole thing. Um, it's the idea that Travis is alone, um, mm-hmm. that he is not happy with himself and can't identify himself, and that he's obsessed with the negative around him. Um, so I want to start with the, the very beginning uh, of the film. Uh, I think the original script, it's supposed to have like a, a quote from a poem, which is God's Lonely Man by Thomas Wolfe. Mm-hmm. And he does actually describe himself as God's lonely man in uh, yeah. one of the opening dialogues. So that theme is just like introduced right in the beginning. Um, you see him walking in crowds a lot, and he just kind of everybody's blurred. Yeah. You only see him, yeah. and so it kind of shows that even though he's around a ton of people in like one of the most populated areas in the United States, he's still alone, uh, and he feels alone. Um, what do you guys have to say about that? Any 
Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I definitely think this is some like a definitely like a, a alienation that that Travis has, and um, like the whole journals that he has. It's kind of it's kind of like he's just talking to himself. I mean, I mean that's what you do with the journal, but like the things that he writes is kind of like he doesn't really know who he is. He doesn't really have an identity. It's yeah. like it's less about his how his day is going. Yeah, exactly. More like, about I like, feel like he's not using the journal correctly. Like yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> you didn't take journal classes. Yeah, yeah. No, he like yeah. It's like he's. It's like his imaginary friend almost, just yeah. kind of taking everything out. Yeah. Yeah. And those quotes are just awesome. Yeah, um, I like when he's talking about how the, uh, the, uh, when you clean up this town, the scum of the earth or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's so perfect. Like, all those little journal, like, entries are mm-hmm. just very... I mean, we also get the theme of the negative view that he has of the world with those journal entries, too. Mm. Um, I even noticed, like, even in his apartment, he has barred windows. Yeah. Like, almost he, like he's, he's in jail. Yeah, he's like... He really, he's really, like, trying to close himself off with everyone, really. Yeah. He doesn't want to be... He wants, like, some something in front of him to kind yeah. of cover himself. That goes with the whole taxi cab theme in general, yeah. right? Yeah. How he's, like, uh, he looks at people from a distance, and... He is constantly watching people yeah. all the time. Constantly. He's very observant, as yeah. he says. But it's always, like, a protected view, like a shielded view. Yeah. Um, even when people are sitting behind him, he never actually turns around. He looks at his mirror... Yeah. At the top, when he's when he's talking to them, like it's just very distant. He doesn't want to be. That's true. That's very interesting. Yeah. In a lot of films, you see like the taxi guy kind of just turn mm-hmm. and like talk to him, talk to whoever. I think that goes with the whole. Uh, there's also a theme of like eyes. I think a lot, and you mentioned that in yeah, um, the opening before. shot. The opening shot, right? What were you gonna say about that? Um, well, I think I think like a lot of the movie has to has to do with like we're seeing Travis's perspective on like the world around him on people and you know i've always i've always um been told that in production classes and things like that that your opening shot of your of the film of the film is your most important it sets the theme for the rest of the film the rest of the story and the opening shot is is travis's eyes like looking and moving around so it really goes well with like the rest of the film. Isn't it uh, raining during that opening shot? Do you remember? Mm, I don't know if it's raining. I don't think so. There was a shot where it's raining and um, you kind of he's looking at other people too, uh-huh. but then we get like a, a view of the windshield. Right. Oh, and it's, how it the, is, like, it's a fire hydrant when it's like all off. No, that's another scene, but I, I do want to mention that too. Um, no, but is yeah, there's some scene where there's like the window is mm-hmm. is full of water, and so it kind of shows that we've already established the theme that he, this is almost like a window to society that he looks through from a distance. Mm. And the fact that it's like all distorted as the water comes down shows that his view of the world is also distorted too. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, even the, the camera angles themselves, I think one of the biggest ones that I noticed is like that I found actually really, really weird and I can't completely explain yet and I want some help explaining it, but uh, where he's getting the job, where he's getting hired. And he's oh, talking first, to the when, he is, when he opens the door? No, no, no. He's like, he's talking to the guy, uh-huh. uh, the guy, and he's like asking him questions and stuff. Uh-huh. But there's like a mirror on top of, uh, on top of the boss. Uh-huh. And it's showing not himself, but it's because usually it would be like straight forward right. from um, Travis's point of view. So he'd see himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But instead, it's like at a certain angle. So we see something else besides Travis. Uh-huh. And what we see is two guys arguing. Um, and I found that kind of weird. Yeah. Like, it, it just seems really awkward the way it's place I, hmm. and to me it, I don't my interpretation of that is that Travis is focusing on the ugly again um, he's not focused on the prog- I mean getting a job is a good thing but he's not focusing on that he's focusing on is it so the bad. this 
the people arguing behind him? I, yeah, I'm get, or like maybe at the side of him. Uh-huh. So it's like he's here and here's like the camera and it's looking at that. So you see like the side of him, but we don't see. Is Travis it kind of like similar that. to how he looks at people in the taxi? Yeah, I would say from like a side view. Right. He's like mainly focusing on that instead of focusing on the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's happening. And he's just like feeding the guy the answers like, oh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm as clean as my conscious. No, he's like, like uh, is your driver's license clean? He's like, yeah, real clean. Like my conscious. I like that. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. That's so you bust my chops. Ironic. <laughs> Oh um, my god! Uh, another thing about the eyes, I, I just know, I noticed at the end when um, the the pimp is dead, Scorsese goes over that guy's hand and there's an eye like right on his like his uh, ring finger, like an eye oh, ring, yeah. and it's like that's like the last thing you see, and then until they go outside, it's really crazy. I just remember. Uh, I mean, there's also the theme of the eye when um, Jodie Foster is uh, Iris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a. Uh, She's asking him. Isn't they're like, "Iris, in the, like a part of your eye." Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah they're, they're like in the diner, and uh, <laughs> they're in the diner, and he asks, or she asks, Travis, "Have you ever seen your eyes in the mirror?" Or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. But like when she says that, She's we don't actually that. see uh, Travis. First of all, is not even looking at her. Mm-hmm. He's like looking down, and then we don't get to see her as she's saying it. So we don't see her eyes either. So, I don't know, it's like he doesn't want to see his own eyes. Right. And even in the final yeah. scene, when he uh, looks at himself through the car mirror, mm-hmm. and he looks at himself, he kind of turns the car mirror away. Yeah, I remember he doesn't want to see his own eyes. There's a lot of, like, eyes thing. Also, when he even talks to Betsy the first time, he's like, uh, like I, the first thing I saw was your eyes, or something right. like that. Yeah. He's, like, showing how pure they were. Oh, there's so much going on in that movie. Yeah, so, I definitely see a lot of did you guys? Did you guys see a version, when he walks into the, the porno, that you can't see the porno? Yeah, like it's just yeah, blurriness. Is that like, is is that did they blur it out or is? I no, know. I don't think they would blur it out. What I think is because even Travis is um, the way he expresses himself uh-huh. in the theater is not common. When people go to a porn theater, yeah. they're assuming they're there for like pleasure or something. Yeah. But when he goes there, he's so he's casual like, about it. He's just like, like he he does not seem to be in any pleasure at yeah. all. Like he's just there to kind of. I think he he puts the porn theaters as something ugly about society too and he's just going there because he wants to see the ugly side of society so he's just looking and staring at it yeah. um that's what he does remember when the when the guy hires him he's like when are you available is mm-hmm. any time anywhere like he wants to go to those parts that are ugly he wants to yeah. see the ugly side of life it doesn't matter how far or what time he'll go anywhere yeah he's always he like he can drive anywhere else but he's always driving through the same part of town yeah. mm-hmm. maybe the fact that it's blurred has to do again with his vision like how he sees the world it's not like perfect mm-hmm. you know what I mean because it looked like everybody else could see clearly what was going on on the screen mm-hmm. but except for him if we're seeing from his perspective that would make sense that the the porn is blurry because his perspective about the world is blurred it's mm-hmm. not like leveled and it's not like normal or whatever society considers normal do you know what I mean yeah that, that could be what that is or I could be fucking wrong why do you guys think he was discharged you said honorably discharged, honorable. but what does that, that even mean? Um, I don't know. Uh, my guess is that he probably had some type of mental. Yeah, yeah that's what I guess usually how it is. is. Yeah, I want to mention There's that later on, but that is definitely something that yeah, I caught my to attention to. Um, if I, if we go back to the idea that he's wanting to see the negative parts or the negative aspects, mm-hmm. uh, something I noticed is when he's talking to his parents I think it's is it a letter that he's writing yeah. to his parents it's um uh, was it Father's Day and her birthday and their anniversary mm-hmm. and he like he has money and but he doesn't spend it at all he doesn't right. find anything to spend it 
you can see it like you can tell by the um by his apartment itself it's very dirty it's not very like it's not a nice apartment at no, all but he has the money to move out i'm sure like he has the money to, he had the money to buy all his guns yeah yeah he has the money to go out and not see the ugly part but he wants to see it he's he's like almost masochistic in that way he's like obsessed with it he doesn't want not to see it he, he well i think that goes with his like obsession to like like wanting to to get rid of everything he wants to place himself in the middle of it so he can like it's almost like he's at war he wants to study his his enemy mm-hmm. and then use their weaknesses against them yeah, yeah. that kind of goes with the with the vietnam thing yeah everything um even like one of his quotes is uh all my life uh needed was a sense of someplace to go i don't believe one should devote his life to morbid self-attention yeah. like this like like he's saying something that is completely not true because he's the one that's doing the morbid self attention going on like there's yeah. a lot of hypocrisy going on a lot of like contradiction yeah and, and it's pointed out a couple of times in the movie like that girl Betsy she points it out mm-hmm. and then I think at the, there's another time that it's pointed out right I don't know well yeah I mean the very first thing I think of is um when he goes to meet Betsy he says like oh, you look like you need something in your life, or right, like, yeah. you, you seem like you're not happy with yourself. It's kind of like describing himself. <laughs> he's describing himself. Yeah. yeah, he's like a reflection. Every He wants to like reflect his insecurities on other people. Um, yeah. So he definitely does that a lot. Um, even the fact that he brings her to the porn theater. Yeah. Like he wants... I tried that before. It never works. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That was works. so weird, dude. That yeah. fact. You know, I remember, I remember like, I hate watching that scene. Because I feel so bad. It's because he has. It's like to him, it's so normal. Yeah. Like he doesn't. He really doesn't think he did anything wrong. You know. He does. He does everything right. You know. He, like he's like he's all dressed up. You know. It's a nice date. He's like charming too. He yeah. He's charming. Exactly. Like, the first date that they go on where they get coffee and stuff. Like he, he does everything well. She's like. Yeah. She's into him. Buys him. She buys her. Buys her like a record. Everything. He's doing everything. I love when he says like. Uh, it's like well, I was thinking of going to your house and like listening to the record like. Damn, what a smart fucking move. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like genius. That was a good one. Oh my god. Um I was, I was gonna say something. Uh even uh the very first time he goes to a porn theater, uh what I noticed is he gets he's like flirts with the girl at the front. Do you remember that? Yeah, that goes that goes along with his sexual frustration of not being able to like just to, to talk to women or women reject him constantly while all the guys he sees around him are getting women. Yeah. And he just can't he just can't. It's, it's really awkward too. I mean, yeah, like he's like, oh, can I have these because they last longer? And I was like, what? The but f- like, it's it's it's, all, it's weird hitting hitting on a girl who works at a porn theater. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's like a statue of a naked girl right next to her too. Nah, I didn't mm-hmm. catch that. Yeah, like as he's flirting with her, right. I think it like it has to do with the female form. Like he's obsessed with it. Like he he does have some type of sexual frustration. He wants it, but he can't have it. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's funny too because I maybe like I, I think that has to go along with how he feels about Jodie Foster too as yeah. a, like a 12 year old prostitute mm-hmm. that he wants to save so bad I was thinking about that too I don't think he absolutely feels like sexual desire for no him. no absolutely but not but I think yeah. it's a different type of love like, yeah he almost but then I'm going into the idea that he is not trying to save Jodie Foster because he's like he loves her. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to save it because he wants a point for his life. Like yeah, he wants definitely. some type of goal, yeah. some purpose in his life, and he thinks that Jodie Foster is that person because I think Betsy and um, Iris. I keep calling her Jodie Foster. I'm gonna call her Iris. Um, <laughs> Betsy and Iris both represent purity, I right? Think, to him, um, 
he describes Betsy the first time as like an angel, mm. right? And like he, yeah. she's always like dressed in white. And when you see her the first time, the way the colors work is like all the other people are looking are in darker tone. And she's right. in, she's in, in lighter tone. Yeah. And I think Jodie Foster is dressed the same way too, and she's in white. Yeah, the first I mean, they're both like white pants and stuff like that. And they're both blondes. Yeah. Blondes, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that too. Um, I think they might be the only blondes in the whole film. Yeah. Um, with so that represents to me like some purity and, and he yeah. thinks that he wants the very first time he meets her and wants to go out on a date with her he wants to take her out of that bad world which he views as being you know negative mm-hmm. um, but at the same time he brings her into a porn theater so kind of shows he doesn't know anything else um, yeah I mean I, I think that part might be like a like a twofer like at, even though he is I, I think it's two things he's trying to bring her into his world and if she doesn't accept that then it just gives him more reason to hate the world. Yeah. Like, it, it yeah. almost works two ways. And it, in a way, it kind of goes with his masochism. That was kind of like the final straw, because after that, um, I like that scene where he comes in, like, really, really frustrated and angry. And yeah. he, he looks like he's been up for, like, days. Yeah. And, like, he almost, he does, like, his little karate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, like, such a 70s thing. You, I don't know if you guys noticed, like, he keeps looking worse and worse throughout the yeah. film. Like, this when he when he's walking around talking to the um, to the secret agent guys like his yeah, face he, he looks crazy dude, he looks like a crazy person like he's getting paler yeah like, yeah. like he just hasn't slept in like days De Niro's acting yeah that was amazing no because I it's so hard to portray a crazy person without actually being crazy like without he, like doing like, over doing the something top. crazy yeah. yeah being over the top yeah. and he does that really really well you just see like he is not he's he doesn't have all his his facial expressions are just like. I heard uh, they were comparing his performance to like Marlon Brando's because oh, you can wow. see what he's thinking and things like that with just his facial expressions and yeah, things like that. Definitely. Um, let's talk a little bit about the his contradiction. So like the way that he, um, you know, he contradicts himself. The quote that I remember pretty big was when um, Betsy is telling him a song quote. Mm-hmm. And, and she says, uh, he's a prophet and a pusher, partly truth, partly fiction. A walking contradiction. Mm-hmm. He gets offended. He's like, "Wait, I ain't a pusher, or whatever." Because yeah. he makes like drugs, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that is a theme. I think the contradiction of himself. Uh, obviously, the big one is that fact that he thinks of himself as like being pure and the world being. Well, he's an anti-hero. He's the biggest, probably yeah. the biggest anti-hero yeah. in film. Yeah. Really. Uh, he he thinks of himself as being like on a high horse, and he's all that's holy. But right. yet he goes to porn theaters and gets. Oh, uh, you know, like guns and shoots people. Like that is not. Yeah. Now, what's funny is he's actually praised for it at the end by the newspaper. Like, yeah. They 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 label him a hero. Yeah. He takes out drug lords and and gangsters. Yeah. Right? The thing I don't get is that when he's talking to um, what's it, Iris? Mm-hmm. He's like saying stuff like, "Oh, these people, these bad people need to be punished," and she's like, "What do you mean? They're not doing anything." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the fact that he doesn't understand that world. As 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 clear as he thinks he does, because she's like he's not a bad guy. Like he's never done anything bad to me. They don't deserve anything. Like they're just trying to live in this really fucked up world. Yeah, and he's just trying to like clear the world of this fucked upness. That's but, what like, I'm saying. Like he he almost wants to be here with these two like um, pure women, but I feel like both of those women belong to the world that they are from. Yeah, mm-hmm. Betsy will do a lot better in the business world and you know in a normal popular world and. She and Iris, even though it's kind of, you feel bad for her a little bit because she's so young, but she feels at home being, you know, a prostitute and being a sports, you know, like girl or whatever. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, he, he's trying to take him out of that world, but 
he's it's not really what they want um he's trying to force them you know to do something another contradiction i saw was the fact that he's like exercising like <laughs> at the kind of like three-fourths into the film but yet he has like a really bad diet too like he's like i forgot what, he, what he is put he like eating? whiskey and sugar and milk and bread is that what it was yeah like he just put like a bunch of like terrible things that you should never it was so weird yeah you he should put, never eat. he like poured whiskey and then poured like this powder in which i thought it was sugar and it like bread yeah something like that right yeah That's and he just like eats diet. it yeah so he he's doing this like he he thinks that he should make, right. you know make his body better physically better yeah. but then at the same time but also he's, he's day drinking too like yeah he's like constantly drinking all the time so i don't and then he's on medication i don't like he's he's that. he's on the verge of like if 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 he if he wasn't gonna die by shooting someone or anything like that, yeah, he was just gonna like he was gonna kill himself yeah. one way or another, either through the medication he was taking and the yeah. combination of but alcohol. But the fact that he's trying to still stay like fit doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It really doesn't because like he's basically killing himself, but trying to be. Strong. He's like he's like a dark angel, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I mean, so uh, weird. another one is the fact that uh, when he's driving Palantine, uh-huh. the yeah. senator that wants to be president. And he says that I'm your biggest supporter or whatever. I tell everybody to vote for you. Yeah. Then, like, later on, he almost attempts to kill him. Right. So it's like, yeah. there's a contradiction right there, too. Even he doesn't know what he's what he wants, what he's yeah. supporting. Yeah, it's, he, he really has trouble. Like, really, he has its identity crisis, really. Like, he has yeah. no idea who he is. And, like, um, another one, it's, like, the whole, you know, the mohawk and yeah. the guns. And, the you know, they call him cowboy in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, like a plaid shirt. Yeah, exactly. Right? So he takes, like, these two cultures... And two like groups of people and puts them into one. Yeah, that's so weird, dude. I don't. And he does get called a cowboy a lot. And then Sport calls him uh, Chief. Yeah. Like right before he shoots him. That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. I know the the black dude that is in the cafe. Uh Doesn't like killer. Also. Yeah. And he gets offended. It almost like he sees something coming. Right. Like he knows that that guy is not completely there. Um. And just a little bit, just to add a little bit more ideas that I have too about his like masochist nature. Um, there's a scene where he's talking with Betsy about like him getting a poster with the organizers' eyes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But then later on, you see him. He actually does. He does have it. Yeah. And he has it in his room. Like that is not healthy to kind of remind yourself of the girl that you couldn't have. Like that is, and to have it there constantly in your in your yeah. view, that's pretty masochistic of yourself. And it almost like he wants to be. He doesn't want to be happy, in, in a way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> masochist. Yeah, I do. I really do think yeah. he's pretty masochist. He is. Is this? I, I just think that character is so fucked up. Every time I like, I was paying. <laughs> he's attention. one of the great. That's one of the greatest ring characters like ever. Yeah. It really is. So strange. There's some. There's something I thought of right now. Oh, I'm blanking on it. Jesus Christ. I can uh, mention something. Yeah, really, I'll, I'll bring thinking. it up later. Um, there's a, when he's getting the guns or whatever, and he's kind of like it's training a great himself. Scene. Great scenes. Do you remember, like, there's the camera, he almost like points at the camera right. almost. Um, and I think that might be like the fact that we shouldn't empathize with him because we're almost his enemy too. Right. We're the people, we yeah. are society. And so that gun is being pointed at society in general, everybody that watches this film, you know? Not just the people outside. Um, I thought it was kind of scary, too, when he got the film. I mean, when he was buying the guns. And uh, he pointed the gun, like, outside the window. Like, right, some, yeah. Like, women or whatever. Like, that that's is... crazy. Yeah, he was, like, going out, and you just hear, like, children talking. And stuff. Yeah. Like, he at the, like, two women. Uh, you know, that's funny. If that film will come out today, it's really, like, 
relevant to like all the shit that's going on nowadays you know all these shootings yeah. and all these like yeah. there's but, a lot of travis pickles in the world around, right now the shooting's been going on since like like the, the yeah but like i out. mean like these past couple of years no, has been yeah, like still relevant yeah. yeah like even the i'm saying like even the early 2000s right like that like combined the, the film like, is super relevant like still yeah yeah definitely but the, does that film add to like the like I don't. Be, I don't believe. I don't. Believe, I don't believe film. Can we speak that about that yeah. at the end? I don't believe okay. film contributes to violence. I'll argue with that. I, I don't. When people talk about I books know. contributing to be, killing people, that'll be in the end with the, when I'm talking about the empathy part. Right. <laughs> I don't believe that. Cool. Uh, I wanted to mention that. Actually, I think Kevin mentioned it. Uh, the water. We were walking. The Vegas cleansing the water. <laughs> yeah. Talk about. <laughs> talk about the cleansing water. Um. Well, there's a, there's a lot of things. At the very beginning of the film, he's talking about, um, you know, some someday a, a real rain will come over and, like, wash the city. Like, there's a lot of... It's almost religious, yeah. you know? Hmm. Water cleanses, you know, water cleans, and, and and he believes that the city needs to be, like, flushed away. He even mentions yeah. it to the... To, uh, what's his name? Uh, Palantine. 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 That he needs Palpatine. to... That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watch his throwers, though. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I believe like he believes that he is this wave of of force that that that's, that's gonna clean up. clean up the city. Yeah, he really does believe that. It's it's really it's there's a lot of religious themes in 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 the film yeah, as well. Um, there's the fire hydrant scene that you mentioned too, Julian. How like yeah. um, he drives through it or whatever. It happened right after I think that there was really a early in the film. There was a prostitute, I think, and some guy. In oh, the in the back. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was before he says I had to wipe the cum off of the. the it was back. before yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but he, he he picks up a guy yeah. who has a prostitute, and he's like he's like you know sweet talking her like yeah. oh it's gonna be like a big tip you yeah. know if you do something if you gargle my balls or something. <laughs> yeah, but then he goes through it as if. Like almost like a baptism, like a cleansing. Yeah, like he like himself. he picked up somebody really bad. Yeah, and he, like exactly. he's going through this like. Or usually cars would kind of like skip. Or yeah, go around exactly. It. He just goes he through, through it. it. Yeah, yeah. And you can clearly see it coming. And, he just... and and it's weird too that like he he doesn't want to get wet. Yeah. I mean, and then he like goes over and like I think I, I there's something to that. You mm-hmm. know? Like him reaching over and putting up the window. Yeah, um, just to kind of do like an opposition of that there's another scene where we see fire and I think it's when he's burning the flowers of uh, Betsy oh, that yeah. he's supposed to give yeah. and I think that is like the the opposite where water represents maybe um, cleansing or purity fire represents almost like this deadly force this hatred destroying yeah and that is right before he goes out on his killing spree yeah. so I think that's on the flowers you remember what he said about him he's like I, I, I tried ordering all these flowers but the st- and then they just come back to me and the stench is like killing me Oh like, yeah! What the hell? What is that? And he just keeps them there. Yeah, right? he just keeps yeah. them there. And there's like That's a bunch of masochist, flowers. dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's like just torturing <laughs> himself. It's so crazy. It's so weird. Also, um, just to uh, like also theme about, you know, society and its and his disgust of it. Uh, you remember when we first see I- uh, Iris and Sport, and he leaves the twenty dollar bill right, in, yeah. like in the back seat, as if like, don't say anything. Oh, he yeah, it to him. Huh? He hands it to him. No, he no, puts he, it on the, uh, like, the passenger yeah. seat. Yeah, on the whatever. passenger seat. And, and he, like, um, doesn't grab it at all? He doesn't grab it when he leaves. At least I don't think he does. No, he doesn't. No. He, he, like, he at the very end, like, he's thinking about it, and he contemplates it, and then he just grabs it. Yeah. Um, but later on in the film, he actually gives back the $20 bill when he pays to go see Iris right. at the yeah. end. So it's almost like he's getting rid of that yeah. sin, putting it back to them. Um, I thought that was cool. 
Also, the TV. I don't know if he you guys destroys it. Yeah. yeah. It over. Yeah. That was a great scene. I love that scene, too. He's um, just, like, chilling and then just kicks... Was he watching, like, the news or something, wasn't he? No, he was watching... Like a love story. Yes, he was that. watching a love story. And I think that was also goes with the relationship thing. Right. The fact that he's, like... He's obsessed with relationships that he can't have. Um, yeah, sexual frustration. Yeah. And so that, uh... I think there was, like, a scene about... Or he was watching something about a couple that were, like, arguing... And at the end, she says, like, but I love you or something. Yeah, right. and that's just kicks it over. Kicks it over. Um, I thought that was interesting to point out, too. You know, I think I think it's, like, also important to point out this, this scene where Scorsese is actually in. Like, he's he picks mm. up this guy and he tells him to drive somewhere. Mm-hmm. Why? He's because he's going to kill his wife and, and the black guy that she's sleeping with. Yeah, but he doesn't say black guy. No, he says that. No, he says word. black guy. No, he oh, says, yeah, no, 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 he right, says right, nigger. Right, right. I, I don't yeah. know. He yeah. says nigger. What's he saying? He says nigger. <laughs> Actually, that goes into our next time, uh, topic, which is racism. Yeah. And there's a lot of it. Oh, my God. Well, you guys, so wait. So back, to that, back to that scene real quick. That's where he gets the idea of buying the, the 57 Magnum. Yeah, that's exactly where he gets it. He's like, like you know, he's like, <laughs> that's such a great scene. And he's like, Do you, have you ever seen what a 57 Magnum does to a woman's pussy? Have you ever seen? No, he says what to her face, and then he says, and then he says he says to her face, and then he says her pussy. Yeah, that shit's hilarious, dude. I gotta quote that. Yeah, that's crazy. Good samples. I heard, I heard that, I heard that the actor that was supposed to do that like dropped out or did something, and Scorsese was like, you know what, I'll just do it. Damn, what a badass! And yeah, he did, did it pretty job. well. Yeah, did it pretty well. This is a disturbing Freaked scene. Me out. Yeah, it's really disturbing. Did I say turn off the meter? Did I say turn off the meter? <laughs> Put it on. Put it on the I just think that it's interesting that when it when there's a black character um, mentioned, mm-hmm. that's that that's what takes him over the edge. Yeah. Like, yeah. This black man like sleeping with this white woman, presumably white woman. We actually don't know if his wife yeah, is actually white, white, but we white. we assume that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the very first scene, he also mentions like spooks, which is a yeah. He's like, term. I don't, I don't, I pick up anyone. Yeah, even spooks. Yeah, even like some spooks. people don't do it, yeah. but I pick up spooks too. Uh, in the cafe scene, um, the very first time he's introduced to what's his name, Charlie T. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And he like doesn't really show interest in like talking, actually talking to him, or or he doesn't really show interest in talking to anybody. Really, yeah. yeah. But then he goes and he looks across the room and he sees these two black pimps too, and they're like getting a beer, I think. And yeah. they're, they're just, just like, chilling. Staring. No, they're staring yeah. at him and stuff. Well, that's what I. You don't think? Do. I don't think they're staring at him. That's what I want to talk about later on. The surreal and like right. what what does he think is happening and what is actually happening? Yeah. Um, but he does envision seeing two black pimps kind of like mad dogging him mm-hmm. getting angry at him are you saying Travis is a racist yeah that, mm-hmm. that that's that's what we don't like yeah. I don't know there's there's a lot of I don't know if he hates black people mm-hmm. or minorities or if he hates just society and he just kind of or negative right. bad society and just puts that label on them and them being like a big representative of that yeah uh, I don't well, know his first kill is a black guy yeah, the, in the in the store, in the like. Oh crap! He's not, right. he's not yeah. like he doesn't think twice either. Nope, he's like ready yeah. for it, and he doesn't feel bad at all. Like he doesn't. No, no empathy. That's a disturbing scene too. Yeah, yeah it is. The guy just he's keeps shot in the face. Yeah, he beats them. He keeps beating. That's him. even crazier. Yeah. This Puerto Rican guy, right? Yeah. Is he supposed to be Puerto Rican, or was he supposed to be? No, I think he's I just think a white, white dude. Just no, white he guy. starts talking like in a, Spanish. No, I think he talks. He says, uh, "Travis, cómo estás?" That's the first thing he says to him. I don't remember. The comedian Stan. I I remember him being having like an Italian accent, but maybe I'm wrong. You could be right. 100%. But there was a lot of Puerto Ricans and black people at the yeah. time that was like... I would assume it was Puerto Rican because of that era that it set in. Yeah. And there was some tension between yeah. a lot of races at the time, but... 
That is definitely like if you really think about it though, like why like why do we why do we feel sympathy for Travis? Like he's a possible racist, he's a murderer, and yet we find him so interesting and we kind of like him. Like why is that? I think it's because he's the only character that we get to know. We don't really know him too well. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. I feel like we can empathize with his feelings. Yeah. You know, that makes us empathize with him as a character, too. Um, and we almost forgive him for the stuff that he does. Yeah. I want to talk about the empathy later, though, so can we save that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> a little bit later. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to mention about race? Um, I have one thing they, to mention. They say the something end. about Italians. I forgot what. It's like when they're at the at the diner or something. It's all the, ta- uh, the, all the taxi cab dudes. I don't know. I don't remember. They say something about Italians. And it's like really like derogatory, but mm-hmm. only for it's like slipped under really fast. Um, what I noticed is a lot of times when he's driving down, he focuses a lot on the, the black uh, kids to commit crimes, and maybe not so much on the whites that are committing crimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. he wants to like kind of blame them for everything. Well, um, I feel like the, like the parts that he does drive through though is just is just common, like black people, and then the white people that are shown in the film mm-hmm. are like the people in the offices. And the senator and stuff. Yeah, they're yeah. all white. Um, there's just one scene that comes to mind when he's talking to Wizard, the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Wizard. That's, that's his name, Wizard. name ever. I know, right? Um, <laughs> actually, let me talk about him really quick. Wizard, Wizard I think, is a funny name because it implies, like, wisdom or something. And, and he, he comes knows. to him for advice. Yeah, and he doesn't know what to say to him. Yeah. Like, and, he, and his advice. He gives bad advice. advice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. That, that's pretty funny. Would you get a job? Your job, your your job, or what is it? Like you he, are your job. He almost like doesn't know what is like. He yeah. doesn't know what he's saying. Almost. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to talk about him a little bit more later on, though. So I guess I'll save that until later. Um, but yeah, he does focus a lot on on black crime on the street. That's what I noticed. And when he goes outside and asks for the advice, there is a, like a couple of I, I don't remember what's going on exactly. I think like some black people arguing, and he pays a lot of attention to that. But Wizard completely ignores it. And so I don't know if he's envisioning that. Is that when they're outside? Yes, yeah, they're, they're outside. Talking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like wizard. Someone's like yelling, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like crazy yelling. Yeah. Just something like, "Oh, don't do that to my brother." Or my yeah, sister, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. And, and Travis like, is like focused on that, but wizard yeah. is just like that is nothing. So I don't know if that's not happening, mm-hmm. or maybe that is, and he's just kind of used to it. I don't know. I think it. it, it it's, I think there's a great amount of like paranoia as well, which probably goes back to his like, you know, his war days and his PTSD and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, you. When he says like he he was like uh, honorably discharged, mm-hmm. I was like, like there has to be something there. Like he has to have like lost his shit. Yeah, definitely. Because I know what's his name, um, Salinger. He was honorably discharged. Who? That J D. Salinger, the author, Catcher in the Rye. Oh. He was honor- honorably discharged because he had PTSD and he like lost his shit. Like when he got back, all he did was write and like he had kids and a family. He would write in, like, a bunker by himself. And, like, he wouldn't talk to anybody. But he yeah. still tried to keep a relationship with his family. But, like, that's what it, the first thing I understood, like, I thought was, like, that's just run me a Salinger. But mm-hmm. it's so weird the way that, like, he still tries to have, like, that, uh, like, a militant, like, look What's with that. Yeah. like, his jacket, like, all the time, actually. Before we move on to that, I just want to mention one thing, too, um, after we leave race. Uh, in the original script, I heard that the pimps of Iris were actually supposed to be black too and that the shootout was supposed to be all black people also um, but they decided to change that to white actors instead because they felt like this wasn't good because white actors are better 
<laughs> wow. Because no, there was Racist. a... They, they felt that it was a little bit too... On the nose about it? Yeah, on the nose about yeah. it. They wanted to make it a little bit more subtle that. about it. I'd be a little bit too offensive. Hashtag Oscar so white. Yeah, let's go back to the honorable discharge, the PTSD. Yeah, it's just so weird the way he, his demeanor is, because it's still militant. Like, he doesn't get rid of it. Like, his face and everything, even though he acts very charming, you know, like, he just seems like... He's not all there. And like you were saying, like throughout the whole film, he starts getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And he stops taking his medication, which I would only assume is to help the PTSD. Right? And then he starts getting crazier and crazier and more delusional and delusional. Like, You know, when I think about... There's a lot of... When I, when I, when I think about PTSD and, and films about, you know, characters with PTSD, I like for one, I, I think back to Rambo. Which kind of starts like... It's like all, every, every film with a character with PTSD is always like a loner. Like always, like in Rambo, he, he he doesn't really have a home. Have you guys seen Rambo? Like he he doesn't have a home. He doesn't he doesn't know anyone. He doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't belong anywhere. Everybody's against him. Yeah. And then what does he end up doing? He ends up taking matters into his own hands. Yeah. Yeah. And usually going against and usually his violence <laughs> usually against like some sort of like organizations or people with like some sort of an agenda. They're looking for a purpose, and that's what yeah. this is too. Um, which a lot of people that leave the army are not used to that's why they leave exactly. the shit because they need to be told what to do they have like a schedule and I I've think, seen like interviews with like even now people that have PTSD like they can't get back to reality because yeah. they need like order in their life they need to be told what to do when to wake up when to eat and like when to do these things and it's so like weird to be like machined that way I think they feel purposeless too like, yeah they yeah. they need to have some type of purpose when they're in the army they have a purpose they have a they're going out for their country. There's at least that's what they believe. Yeah. They're doing uh, what the sergeant or commanding officer tells them to do. They're, they're, there's goals involved. Uh, but once out of there, they don't feel like they have a purpose anymore. They come so they back. They come one. back home, and yet they don't. They don't have a home. They don't have. They don't belong anywhere. Yeah, they have they this yeah. like. They don't know who they are. Yeah. Um, what I noticed is he actually never mentions Vietnam or anything. But it's, it, yeah, it's something it's that we do assume because yeah. he says. Uh, he was discharged in May 1973, which is, uh, I think, two years before like Vietnam had ended. So it was, we can assume that it's Vietnam. Also, he has a Vietnamese flag in his shelf at work. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I didn't notice that. Yeah, while he was like putting stuff away during one of the work scenes, there's a Vietnamese flag there. Kind of oh, reminding wow. himself about his about his past. Yeah. Um, he also has a patch, like yeah. King Kong Company, which is pretty show. big. Um I know they sell them on eBay now. I should go into those. Just interesting. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> Julian just slapped my new tattoo. No, no, I didn't. You're there's not cool. a, <laughs> There's the idea that also that Travis can't escape his thoughts. Um, oh, he's yeah. always kind of obsessed with everything. Just the same way that a PTSD person would have uh, would not be able to escape their memories or yeah. their thoughts of their past, you know? Um, Even though they're, like, he has no... Throughout the whole film, he doesn't bring any recollection of the past. Mm-hmm. Like it's all focused on his task at hand. It almost feels like the film should have some sort of flashback, but yeah. it, it it doesn't it doesn't take that route because you know yeah. it obviously doesn't want to show us like Why? Travis's experiences mm-hmm. or anything. It's just it's just a couple of like maybe a couple of weeks of his life, you know, because all goes downhill really quick. Yeah, I would assume like if if we had to like to say how many days the like the whole film like in real time was, I probably only think it's probably like a couple of days or maybe like two weeks or something. I think yeah. it's a, it might be like 
three weeks because like unless it's really close to that campaign thing because they show like a lot about the ca- like, the timeline I, I follow is the campaign like mm-hmm. from it starting to the guy coming to town and then to the to the rallies happening that's like a two three week span when that happens yeah, I think I probably like a month of, yeah, of his life month. well even at the end well you don't even know at the end if that's real or not but like how it says like stuff about um palant but yeah it, it's kind of, I think it's like more of like a month I think but like three weeks something like that mm-hmm. it also seems like a long time you also feel like um, he's like a ticking time bomb almost. Yeah. oh yeah definitely the whole film is like, like going crazier and yeah. crazier and almost you like, can see it in his face yeah. yeah he looks horrible at the end where he just looks like like shit, he's like completely yeah. like pale, and he's just like he does this blood. squinty eye thing. Yeah. I don't know if did you guys yeah, pick that yeah. up? It's like you know, like Robert De Niro's <laughs> always known the, for the, the stuff yeah, but he then that smile when he's talking to the the secret <laughs> agent, he's so creepy. Yeah, he's yeah. So he's so just cool. like he's like he's like you're a secret agent, huh? Like, I know. <laughs> Really? You do <laughs> like that I was trying. Yeah, he's like, he do that for me. He just gives him like a smile. Yeah. It's so weird. You know, I was thinking about that scene a little bit. That's um, a great scene, actually. Where he uh, he. He's like confronted with authority for the first time in that uh-huh. scene, and um, he can't really overpower him. The guy's bigger than him, like way bigger. Yeah, than him. and it, they, I think he, like the camera does that on purpose, yeah. you know, because it's like he's so big, like that. Yeah, and he's like, and he just almost looks smaller to him. So yeah. for him to feel like he's bigger than him, because this whole theme, and there's been a theme that he feels higher than everybody else. Right. Yeah. So in order for him to make himself feel higher than him, he kind of like fools him and gives him his like wrong address yeah. and like he wrong name. He outsmarts him. He outsmarts yeah. him. He's like, well, he's not as great as he thinks right. kind of thing. Um, something I noticed too, obviously with the PTSD is the gun theme. He yeah. goes for guns, goes for violence, straightforward. Uh, when he's talking to Wizard, he says, I have some bad ideas in my head or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's definitely something wrong. Yeah. Like, there's a ticking time bomb and he's going to do something. I feel like Wizard was like, Maybe that one hope that you could have like turned him around and said yeah. like some great advice to him or something, but <laughs> he doesn't give him anything. The whiz. I do think he was kind of like he was trying, like he was probably like his only real friend, really. Yeah, and even then he feels like distant. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the way that the camera shows it, he's like sits further than everybody else. Yeah. Um, when he goes to the diner the second time, he doesn't even like sit by him. Like he, even Don't they have to call him over? Or yeah, something? they like call or him over. Sit, yeah. So he's just like he wants to be alone. He's alone. Yeah. He's he's. It just seems like he's always in his head. Like they're all trying to talk to him, and he's like always spaced he's distracted out by something. and like trying to focus on something else. Like. I don't yeah. know. When he's when he puts an Alka-Seltzer, I think. Yeah. He's like he's only looking at the Alka-Seltzer. If you were talking and like having conversation, he's just like staring at it. Like. I thought there's gonna be a flashback there. Like it our, seemed like a good spot for a flashback. Yeah. I'm I telling you, the, like the film like te- like seems like Teases it should. It. Yeah, yeah. the idea, but doesn't ever do it. Yeah, um, just a tip. In, uh. terms, <laughs> in terms of the music, what I've noticed too is there's <laughs> besides that one, dude, there's that also Lando Ray, dude. That's definitely Lando. Oh, there's okay. also like whenever we see him in a jacket, something I noticed too is a lot of drum rolls. Like reminds you a lot of like military like that drummer. Like remember that the drummer on the sidewalk. He's like, and now we're gonna go back to the uh, whatever style. Oh, he's so weird, yeah. And he's just drumming, literally, just a drummer, just doing all these rolls and these weird fills from like certain eras. Yeah, it's so weird, and it's when he's about to, he's taking her to the theater, mm. Betsy to the theater, the theater. But yeah, there's a lot of like rolls, which the to me sounds very military, like yeah, I think. Um, so let's now go to the surrealism. Unless you guys have anything else to say about uh, his PTSD at all, I just think that's the main thing that like 
that's like driven out the homie is PTSD. Yeah. That's what's basically wrong with him, you know. But he doesn't have anybody to like latch onto to like help him with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's supposed to, he's like left. You, you kind of be like, I kind of feel bad for him because he's like, after the war or whatever, he's left by himself to figure this out on his own and he's like a lot of veterans, in New York a lot of veterans happens happens nowadays yeah, yeah. So we, don't, we don't really yeah. take for a country that praises you know like Golden patriotism Wars. and stuff and things like that like we don't take care of our troops yeah like yeah. after you really don't the job like we don't give a shit about yeah. you the fact that he's in this world or in the city with a shit ton of people and he's still so lonely it's it's, it's depressing yeah and it just, you just kind of feel bad for him you know doing all these horrible things let's think it's horrible things uh, let's talk about the ending really quick. Um, so, do you guys think it's real or not? Does he live? I don't think it. I honestly don't think it's real. Spoiler. I mean, this movie's it's an old <laughs> film. You should have watched it by now. It's the seventies. Like thirty, forty years. Old. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, 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 no. I think, I think it's, I think it's a, I think he's dead, because. Like, even that whole, like, when he turns and he sees her, like, what are the, like, come on, like, she's there, yeah. you know, and it just all kind of seems, like, really sur surreal. Yeah. And for some reason, I feel like he's dressed differently either. Hmm. You notice that he like, he, he, Exactly. He looks like he's wearing, like, a, I think he's, like, a like a nice little button-up or something. Does he even still have his mohawk? No, no he, has he doesn't. Back. He, has he, he was back. in a coma. Is what is with the with the letters being read to him like oh we couldn't visit you in the hospital because you were in a coma mm. so it must have been a while and he even looks happy he does yeah. he no looks he looks happy. like his life finally turned around and yeah stuff. but at the same time I don't think it's completely there because when he looks at himself in the mirror he sees ugly in him yeah. like yeah. there's still I, I think he needs psychological but he doesn't you know he doesn't go for this, like this, this he does he drop her off somewhere yeah, he drops and her then place. he just place. yeah and then uh it kind of seems like she was like inviting him or like being open to yeah. like seeing him again right yeah. something like that and then he just like takes off yeah he's he doesn't even uh charge her yeah he pays for her uh, the, the weird part i think is because he actually turns around in that and that's the first time he turns around and like sees her mm -hmm. in that movie and at the end is where he turns around i was like this can't be real Mm -hmm. The whole time he hasn't turned around to speak to anybody. Like, he actually turns his shoulder over and, like, talks, acknowledges her, and then, like... Well, if he's dead, now we, we all agree that he's, he's dead? I think he's dead. He's, Either he's that or in a coma still. I, I don't know. Is he in hell or is he in heaven? He's purgatory? I don't know, dude. I think it's heaven. Because at the... There's yeah, this weird, good. like... There's this weird tone at the end where he, like, looks at himself, and I don't think he's, like, okay. Maybe it's, like, an infinite loop. Like, he's never yeah. happy. Yeah, you know? that's true. Because that the ghost is still in him. That like bad, that bad you know seed is that still bad, in him. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Not the good bit. Um, yeah, I I think he's dead or he's just like stuck like in this like infinite thing like where it's just repeating over and over and over because mm -hmm. I don't know or he's he's actually just fucking lost his shit like he's in. A, in I a mean, if we if we think about how the film is introduced, it's almost like dreamlike too. Yeah, like, the whole film is almost dreamlike yeah. really um I, I i heard that scorsese scorsese has viewed films and going to theaters as almost like a dream he sees films as like dreams and i think he really tried to 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 put that into taxi driver and you get that a lot from the beginning of the, like when he first walks in the office it's a very very like weird like camera movement that's mm -hmm. following him it's like introducing like travis but there's also times like when he sees like the black guys and stuff, and like the the, the way the camera pans, yeah, mm -hmm. it's really like dreamlike. Yeah, 
I don't... Um, uh, the, uh, honestly, I think there's a point where, like... Uh, it just feels like it flips, like... I don't know, it just seems like you're in a different perspective. I think you've mentioned this to me before, right? Where it's like... We go from... Because we stopped getting journals from him. Mm-hmm. Right? At, at a certain point. At a certain point, yeah. I think when, and, it's, when he's over the edge. At yeah, that point. and then it flips to, like, just dialogue. And, like, we're just watching him do this. I don't know if at that point he's, like, lost all of sense of reality. And he's, like, gone over... And because he said he's going to go somewhere, he's going to go somewhere, uh, he's going to go away for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So he, I think he's either dead or he's he, just he's lost just, it. He's just, what, there's a term for like, he's an unreliable narrator. Okay. Like we, every, like, yeah. I don't know if like the things that he's telling us is like real. Yeah. And since we're seeing stuff through his eyes, yeah. we don't even know if what he's seeing is real. Too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like a lot of that crime, like I mentioned, yeah. all those little things that he sees. We don't even know if that's actually happening or not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This movie's really confusing. What I heard is Scorsese, um, he, like, he thinks... Because you know how, like, some films, when there's a dream sequence, there's, like, fog around, and, yeah. and like, the, the way the tone is looks a little bit clearer. Right. Like, or, like, you're blurred or something, yeah. so we know it's a dream or something fake. Yeah. Um, he says that he... He says when people fantasize or have dreams, there that, there isn't a little fog. There's nothing mm-hmm. there. It looks as real as... As reality, yeah. so he says, "Why should we change it in films too?" So yeah. he wants everything to look like it's real or not. So that's why that surrealism is definitely there. I think definitely. Um, last thing I want to talk about is empathy. So let's finally talk about how we can relate to Travis Bickle. Um, I mean, there's a. I think there's. I don't know if he says this or not, but he says something like, "Loneliness is a trait that all men possess." Even if each man believes his feelings are original and unique, um, I don't know. I, no, I think I think that was a sorry. That was an interview by I think the the writer, mm-hmm. um, Paul Schrader, mm-hmm. and he says like that we all can relate to the idea of being lonely, and right. sometimes we feel like that feeling is just purely ours, and nobody can understand it. But a lot of everybody does. Everybody goes yeah. through those feelings, um, and the, what really matters is how you deal with them. Travis does not deal with them healthy no. uh, in a healthy way. He goes the opposite way, kind of goes over the edge. While other people like Wizard who says like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff. But, you know, we just kind of deal with it and do your job. Yeah. Kind of go home and relax, drink a beer or something like that. He's like the everyday man. Yeah. Um, it really depends on the way that you treat your loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. I um, think, I don't know. I feel, I, like I said, I feel bad for him. Yeah. Like, at first. <laughs> but then like, it goes south really quick. Like, once I start realizing this guy's just fucking over the fucking... Mm-hmm. I mean... fucking rocker. I mean, like, he's, he's he's a taxi driver, so th- what, what what taxi drivers do is, like, they see a lot of people, and, and, and as, as people ourselves, when we look outside, when we're driving, when we see things that we wish we can change, mm-hmm. you know? Whether it's something as easy as, you know, giving someone money or... Just helping yeah. people out or stopping something and and Travis takes it upon himself dealing it with like kind of like the only way he knows how to deal with things is with violence and he yeah. thinks that's the only way things can change even when he's talking to Palantine the only thing that he talks about change mm-hmm. and the only thing yeah. that he that feels that needs to change is like they need to just fucking wipe out everyone yeah get yeah. rid of all the scum or whatever yeah right? I think instead of depending on like Palantine to do something which he actually might have believed in like the middle of the film because mm-hmm. he, he really does seem like hey you're gonna do a big change and yeah, I really yeah. believe in you 
Uh, but I think he realized later on as he's seeing the advertisements on TV or like the political ads and yeah. seeing him talk that like he's this guy's a, a politician yeah. and like it's up to me to do something. So it's almost heroic in a way. Like yeah. we almost, you know, see him like he did something. He, he, he took it upon himself to do something. But at the same time, I mean, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's a terrible it, yeah. way of doing it. Um, and then there's even the sense of, like, they even say, like, oh, what do you do to call the cops? They're not going to do anything. So you can tell, like, a lot of things are already fucked up. So the only way things are going to get fixed is, is if he takes it upon himself to fix it. But it's also, like, because the before he decides to, like, kill the pimp and everybody, like, his first intention was to kill, kill the senator. Yeah. Which failed. Failed, and if he succeeded, and if and if he succeeded, he would have never done what he did to the pimps and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say that the way that the people in the film view him, I mean, it's almost like he's lucky that he didn't do those things yeah. because people viewed him as a hero. Apparently, according to the newspaper clippings yeah. that were in his room, um, it's really. I think it's. A, not only does is he a contradicting figure, but so is a lot of other characters there that reflect our contradictions as well. Everybody is contradicts themselves yeah. at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, we want to be certain things, but sometimes we do things that are not, you know, according with what we said before. Um, obvious one is wizard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I don't know if you guys noticed, but he like he reflects his insecurities. He he says like, oh, you know. A man is only his job and stuff, but he almost yeah. seems sad when he's saying that. Almost like he because he's been working there for seventeen years. Yeah, he he's like a long time like taxi driver. He's like they're he's not advancing anytime right. soon. He's just like a dead end job, and he's just there. Um, there's a let's see when sports uh, talks about Iris and he's like you can do all these things to her or whatever. He like says like the most vile things, yeah. and then uh, like at no the end he's like rough no, no rough stuff like. That yeah. is, like, such a huge contradiction. Yeah. Where are you actually... And it, it's kind of like, he's the tough guy, but when he's alone with her, he's treating her very sweet. Yeah. And, like, yeah, mostly, yeah, exactly. Like So it's, like, it's the tough guy routine, but he's, like, a sensitive side. And I think Iris herself is a kind of, like, a contradiction. She's a prostitute, yeah. but she's, like, 12. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to um, Betsy, too. The blonde pretty girl should be going out with the smart Jufro guy. Yeah. But yet, <laughs> she goes out with Travis. Yeah. Like, the outcast. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of contradiction. Yeah. Fix yeah. <laughs> um, and, like I said, the newspaper's right. Like, they're... Um, if, if he would have killed Palantine, he would have been seen as, like, uh, some assassin, some crazy yeah, assassin exactly. guy. But instead, he's, like, hailed as a hero for killing, you know, pimps and right. guys that would take advantage of this teenage girl. Um it's almost like he's lucky for that. Yeah. He he happened to kill the right people, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there are certain scenes in here that have Travis and some that don't. And the ones that don't are usually more colored, more vibrant and bright. Yeah. And I think that's almost the way of... You were, you were talking to Especially before. in the office. Yeah, you were yeah. talking before that um, about tones and how like... Yeah, at the end, it, you see it, he's like driving, right? And then right before it cuts to him walking up to the the... To the whorehouse or whatever, the brothel, whatever the fuck you want to call it, it changes to like this really weird tone, like kind of dark, mm-hmm. and it probably has to do with the blood, but it really like it's a it, that's when I don't know like what the hell is going on, like is this real? Because mm-hmm. it just it's a completely different tone, like it's not like the same coloring that it was before. Yeah, and I can't tell, but it it just seems so gritty and dirty and like but in I, the filth. You know how you said like that tone, it kind of seems like. 
different than the rest of the film. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's certain scenes in this that also seem different. Like yeah. Kevin said, one of them was the office one that just seemed like it's another diner too. It's another movie almost. Like it feels like yeah. you're in another yeah. film. But there's also scenes where they're just people walking and he's not there. And like it almost seems brighter. It almost seems like a cool New York yeah. place. Like you're like, oh, it's not as bad as it seems. Yeah. And then it goes back to like the dark side again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's you were saying how like is this really is this film feeding those people who are going like crazy or whatever and and, you know how does film impact people's like emotions or their actions but i feel like this film is giving people hope too that there's a brighter way of looking at the world that there isn't always this you don't be travis bickle you could be other people that are looking at it in a bright way in a nice way in a way that isn't threatening or violent Mm -hmm. that's the way i see it i just This movie fucks me up. <laughs> this movie fucked me up. Yeah, um... On, on what I was saying earlier about how, like, does this influence people? Would it influence people? Like, to go out and kill? Like, because people have used books as an excuse to go out and kill people. John Lennon. I think I think people are, are already crazy. Like, yeah. those people already have some sort of issues, and they would have probably done that regardless of... What mm. film they watched? Yeah, they're they're eventually gonna find some excuse whether because it's, whether it be a video game, a novel, a film, or just some other yeah. excuse. There's a reason I think they're gonna find one. Because like, if films can influence violence, and they can influence a lot of good, and I mean, yeah. I don't think I don't think they do really either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, it's just it's just how you take it yeah. individually. Your interpretation. Of yeah. It. But I do believe there's violence in media and yeah. like, but that's, that's totally different. That's like, like, like broadcast television, like mm-hmm. they, they, they throw it out there. They, yeah. they really, it's what's, like what's science. the word I'm looking for? They, hmm, I don't know. My, my college Poison? words are like propagate, but they, they, <laughs> they glorify it. Oh, okay. They glorify violence because violence yeah. sells. I just think, I, I, I honestly don't think movies can influence people but the fact that somebody that's already fucked up can relate to a character is possible mm-hmm. like the fact that somebody can relate to uh what's his name character travis yeah travis's character then i think it's possible because if people can claim i don't know because it can just be an excuse could claim that this this character in this book in like i was relatable enough to for me to go and like I still Jesus believe actions. those people would have done that either yeah, way. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just an excuse, though. Yeah. Have, whether it be like them having a bad day and just going crazy, or them seeing some other piece of art that they mm-hmm. can... Like, like the, the, the Aurora shooting, the guy who dressed up as the Joker and shot yeah. everybody. That guy was influenced, influence, I'm doing quotes, Mark, yeah. by the Joker's character to commit this violence. And yet, yeah. when I saw that film... I was influenced by the Joker to per, to pursue film yeah. because that had a good influence on me yeah. because I was so moved by the performance and the creation of the film. Mm-hmm. But that's because I don't have issues. Yeah, yeah. But that just just like the film, there's a duality. There's right. a good and a bad to it. Yeah, that's that's basically what what I mentioned. Yeah, too. like there's there's a hopeful side, a lighter side to to things that you can embrace as well. Yeah, and Travis likes to embrace the the darker shit. Yep. You talking to me? Are you guys talking to me? You know that scene was improvised. That was that's not in the script. Yeah, I think I, I De Niro improvised that. it. Wow, it was crazy. Yeah, I heard uh, Scorsese saying something like he never told uh, De Niro what to do. There was no that scene was shot was supposed to be shot without any dialogue because yeah. that's the only dialogue. It was him like you know getting ready and doing all this yeah. cool things with the guns and stuff. There's no 
there's no dialogue until that. Yeah, it's because they're saying, like, I didn't have to tell him to do it. Like, he's just a good actor. Like, he just did it. Like, when we told him we would talk, it just be like something pointless. Something like, oh, you want to have lunch on Tuesday or some shit, you know? Like, right. And like, I, they never I, knew what to do. I think, like, that that whole, you know, how he has the, the guns to his wrist and he, to, and he pops his hand up. Yeah. And, like, how many times do you see that nowadays? You see that a lot in the film now, that, that cool little yeah. trick. It's, you see how that film has influenced really lots like of films. Like presently and I'm after it. Yeah, let's talk about the influence the film had. Um, I was gonna say that the obvious one is like it's almost a new noir had been out of style for a while mm-hmm. I think, but yeah, this film kind of brought it back. Um, had a lot of noir influences, obviously. So that's why I don't want to ca- categorize this film as like a, a vigilante film. I don't yeah. like that. I don't um, like that. Yeah, I could see that, but I don't. I don't really like that. There's also I don't want to call it a film noir either, though, because it isn't completely that. Um, I think there's too much. You could even almost call it like a. It's kind of like a thriller. Like a thrill. It's kind of like even like a western in a way too. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like him. The shootout at the end. Yeah, the big shootouts, the the, the, the stranger. There's always like a stranger that comes into town yeah. in the Western, you know, that takes he matters into his own hands. He's supposed to be new into town, too, because in the, in the letter he says to his parents, it's like, I won't give you my address, but I, I live in an, okay, a decent house or whatever, so I have money. So he what we get is it's fairly new to the place. I mean, it can be a Western, it sounds like. I was going to mention, actually, you just reminded me, you said the Mohawk thing. Uh-huh. I wanted to make one note of that. There's mm-hmm. a... There's an infantry unit in uh, that went to Vietnam that all cut their hair like Mohawk. Wow, it's kind of wanted to mention that. Yeah, I, I think I read somewhere that like <clears throat> like the Mohawk style came into like 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 mainstream after that film. Mm-hmm. And, like a lot of like punk. Yeah. I mean, That's how many how many punk so punk rock? How many, yeah, exactly. How many punk rockers do you see with a Mohawk and an army jacket on with pins on it? Yep, it's, like it's, it's like the the starter pack for <laughs> for punk rock. I was gonna say that. Yeah, I got dibs on the Halloween costume by the way for this. So not just dress up as members from the casualties. <laughs> oh that's what it is. That's basically it. Yeah, it is, though. <laughs> really. Yeah. He look. I that's what I thought of immediately. I was like punk rock. It's yeah. super punk rock. Oh, yeah, it is. No, um, definitely. That's that that. But that's what I thought when I had first seen it. When is like the Mohawk thing is so punk. Like yeah. that must have been where he came from. It's so fucked up too. This makes it look way cooler. Yeah. You know, like I, he like he really did it. I, I may he may have done it himself. Yeah. Like De Niro probably just did it himself. Oh yeah, yeah. He probably did. Huh? Yeah. It is kind of. It's, it's, like, it's kinda super. Like, it's crooked. It's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like Travis would have. Yeah. Exactly. Like he wouldn't care. Yeah. Yeah, I like the way they introduce him when it's new hall. Mm. Like the camera, the like, camera. Pe- oh my god, it's yeah. so beautiful. It's just and he's just like, and he laughs and he claps like yeah. it's so fun. He has this like Travis has this like um these little like uh what like quirks and things that you notice yeah. Yeah. like he like his laugh and the way he kind of like moves he, and things like, like, like that. Moves. Yeah, mannerisms. Yeah, the word. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's a I remember my one of my one of my. Um, one of my professors at at school showed us. Uh, have you guys seen Jackie Brown? Tarantino's. Well, De Niro's in it, right? It's like a black exploitation thing. There's a scene where De Niro is being really annoyed by like a one of his accomplices. Mm-hmm. Though they just took some money, right? And they're in a parking lot. He can't find the getaway car, and the girl's like super bugging him. He's like, "Where's the car? Where's the car? Where's the car?" And he's super angry, and he's yeah. like, "I swear to fucking God, if you keep talking, I'm gonna like," uh. and then like. <laughs> She keeps bugging and he turns around, pulls his gun and shoots her and he's walking away and he turns around and he says, see, it's where exactly where I left it. 
but he he looks just like Travis. My my professor paused the movie. He's like, "That's Travis," and it looks just like Travis. It's like he does the whole, like the whole like shoulder yeah, thing and his smile. Yeah. It's so cool. That's weird. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Hey, well, you haven't seen Jackie Brown, dude. You should watch that. I haven't seen Jackie Brown. I've seen the watch movie. Jackie. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> you should watch every Tarantino film. Um, besides, I really like the lighting and the colors, the tone, right? The dark and light tone. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the graininess of it, of the film. That's a 70s yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. It. It's great. I like the claustrophobic feeling, also the camera. A lot of, like, really quick, like, close-ups. Right, yeah. Makes you feel like there's, like, no room yeah. in, the, in the screen at all. Definitely. Oh, yeah. shit. There's a lot of scenes with Travis that's just like, ugh. I I feel kind of uncomfortable sometimes watching it. The, the angle, the the, the camera the angle is very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's an uncomfortable film. Did you, uh, you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, what are some final thoughts? Um, it's this film really started. It was the first film that I'm pretty sure is no, it's the second film that De Niro and Scorsese did work together. First film I'm pretty sure was Mean Streets. So this kind of, I'm pretty sure De Niro got an Oscar nom for this movie. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it kind of just like jump-started his career after that. He did The Godfather and then, you know, started a long collaboration between, you know, a few years later after that, they did Raging Bull, you know, another Scorsese classic, another couple, couple of Oscar noms and things like that. Casino too? Yeah, but that was way later. Yeah, I think Casino's yeah. like 90s, 90s, like early 90s, like 1990. Yeah. But I just, I think it's it was like a... It's like a, a a starting point from for what a long and like just great career for both Scorsese and De Niro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the Weird. film is like considered a, a like one of the best movies sometimes. Yeah. Um, it got like four Academy Awards and a ton of stuff, like a ton of accolades. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think it is a film that is for mature audiences and yeah, not yeah just definitely a film not that for is, everyone, not for everybody. Um, I think it's also for people who really, I, I don't want to seem like, like I'm on a high horse here, but somebody that thinks deeply about uh, films and not just kind of brushes things, or just yeah, kind of like, exactly. like eye candy, looking for eye candy, because yeah. there really isn't any of that. It's no. more about... It's a story, dude. It's not. It's like, a character yeah. study about mm. this guy, and it, it's just the film that you really have to think deeply about, Yeah. but it is uh, rewarding, I think, when you really analyze it and, and see how deep it is and see how much you relate to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to agree with that. I just think it's really fucked up. It's uh, definitely like a movie you got to think about mm-hmm. while you're watching it. It's it's not too hard though. There's a lot of more fucked up movies that I've seen. It's, not, it's definitely not. Com- I don't think it's as confusing. No, like, exactly. I mean, if you really try to analyze it, like yeah. I mean, how we do, there's a lot of themes and stuff yeah. we could get into. But it's an easy watch. Yeah, on the surface, it's nice. It's a nice like. Like you said, character study. It goes down smoothly, but I can see, like, you know, you know, like, you know, like, 14-year-olds, like, they don't, they wouldn't, yeah. it's not their I cup did. of tea and stuff <laughs> exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't my You just tea. gotta be, you gotta be a little older to, like, really, really appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Betsy's hot. Shibble Shepherd. Yeah, I know. Yeah. She's actually, like, beautiful. Sorry. Well, I wanted to say that. <laughs> I think that's gonna be it. Um, we'll see you guys... Thank you guys for having me.